0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of your favorite Ball Blab podcast, or the blah, 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 as Jeremy yeah. and Mr. Brown call it. Uh, my name is Jason Stalakis, and we have a very special guest. Um, Jeremy, uh, we might have to make you and the whole Off the Monster crew uh, co-hosts of the Blah, Blah, Blah podcast now,
1: right? Right. At At this point, I don't even think, like... I know, like, TV shows do, like, spinoffs and stuff like that. Like, I don't even know what you'd call this, but I just think we're one big happy family at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. We've done countless episodes. We did our first-ever live show about a week ago tomorrow, Um, so six days ago. Um, Today is July 5th, 2023. Red Sox are still mediocre, Um, but... Yeah, Jeremy. uh, I know you're dealing with some abdominal issues. Um,
1: Abdominal soreness. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, uh, I I went I went four for four in my beer league softball, so Alex Cora bench me.
0: Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you. you I'm just kidding. I
1: don't play. I don't play beer league softball, but I wish I did. Yeah, I do
0: too. Honestly. Right. But, yeah, let's talk about some socks and no go from there.
1: Right. Um, We'll do that. Well, I mean, do you you want to talk about tonight? Uh, This was, uh, in my opinion, a pretty good win.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch uh, a lot of it because I had work. Um, But, you know, I I saw the box score, so we got some runs early, and I saw Bayo had a strong performance. And, yeah. Um, right he's like, he's developing into an ace, and that's you know out of all the things that happened this season out of all the bad things I should say, you know there's a plus you know,
1: oh, for sure, and they were even saying that on the uh broadcast that he's an ace, like there's no no two ways about it he's an ace, and it's kind of funny, like with how things went tonight, this was the type of win that he deserved to have last time, like that's just how this was like the way he was tonight and you know i know he went you know no hit through eight but if we were to to win that game last time i'd have been fine with it you know 4 to 2 that's it and that's what tonight was and he just he went out and the kid what i love about him is you you can just tell that confidence on the mound he takes the mound and he's just like this is my game and you know, here's my stuff. Good luck hitting it. And I think you're starting to see the team kind of rally around a little bit too. Like it's, that's one thing with a baseball team, even, even a 500 baseball team, they can still have an ace and that team will rally around that guy. That's the one guy, you know, like, man, we lost, you know, four straight, but we got this guy going up and it, you know, it stops now. And for the rest of the season, I don't know. I don't know if we make playoffs or what's going to happen with you know trade deadline and all that crap. But I do know I don't expect us to have you know a seven game losing streak or eight game losing streak as long as Bayo keeps us up.
0: Yeah, I agree, and you you kind of said it yourself, um, in regards to you know yeah even if the Red Sox don't really make the playoffs, even if they don't, I don't, I don't know, make it over 500. There is some positives coming out and you can look to next season and be like, here's what we were. Here's our strength. Here here are our strengths, right? Let's go and fill them this off season. Cause you still have a lot of money. You still have like $75 million in, um, I almost said cap space, but until you hit the first, um, threshold yeah the
1: first luxury yeah threshold or whatever it is and they're
0: not and going back to what you said about the deadline you know we know they're not going to go over because they want to reset for next year um but it's going to be an interesting deadline and it's going to show more the direction of the team which is like you know i think i think the plan could be 2024 i also think the plan could be 2025 right because Bloom's going to yeah. be placed in the same situation as he was la- this upcoming off season as he was last off season. So he's going to have, but the, the difference is there are more starters. There are a lot of starters, right? And we hear, you know, stats say all the time, like this is the deepest starting pitching free agent class ever. Um, do I trust I Bloom? Um, I say, I, I'll say I've trusted um, people more but he has the money. I don't see why he can't strike a deal with someone.
1: I think that's a fair point, right? Trusting Bloom, And, um, I, I think that's a fair statement, right? There's worse and there's better. It seems like he, I don't know. It seems like for every bad move he makes, there's some under the radar thing that works out. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's not that bad. Like, and even like when I look at the Kluber signing, right beginning of the year, I'm like that's a it's a solid signing, not much money. He was you know serviceable in Tampa. He can eat innings, and it didn't work out. But then you have you know Paxton. Wow, like I was you know we were shitting all over that deal, and it's terrible. And because he missed all last year, and that and he he's solid this year. Like he, I almost think like if you're not going to trade him you better have an extension in the works then because I don't want him the rest of this year to get away and us get nothing for him. So that's, like I said, that's a fair point to make behind Bloom. And as far as like the Red Sox for the rest of the season, whatever happens, let's say, okay, they're sellers at the deadline. They get some more prospects. My hope is bolster up for next year. You know, any moves that they make is just more of like depth move for, Next year, some prospects that they get where they can call them up next year for you know spot starts or whatever, while they go out and get the big free agents this this off season. I think that'd be a good way to go. But one thing I do like though is we've got Bayo. He's a must watch. If you're a Red Sox fan, you're gonna watch every start he makes because how he's been this year. Durant, I that guy and his turnaround has got to be one of the most impressive things to see in the league in the last few years he is a stud and now you know i'm hooked watching him casas when he plays he's starting to come up and i know people are still shitting on him at the plate but since you know may he has been what we expected him to be um i just think people are disappointed because he's not hitting 500 500 500 i can't even talk 500 feet home runs. (laughs) Um, But we now are starting to see some of these guys for the future come together. And you know what? If, if it's been a weird year, like it has been where we play up against the teams that should beat us. And we play down to the teams that we should beat. So be it, but at least I can start to see the future.
0: Right. And let's talk about cassus for a second, right? What's the best you're going to get out of a guy like cassus right? What's the best? Probably, what, 255, 260 at best, a at, at, at batting average. You hope for a boatload of home runs, maybe 30 to 40 home runs a season. I'm just saying what's, like, the best we'd get from him, right? Yeah, well,
1: I'll, I'll I, even say I think that's a good question.
0: 265. Right. 40 uh, 30 to 40 home runs. And I'll say 100 RBIs. That's like the best version of Cassis we're going to get. At, at the same time, you're going to get solid defense. Nothing eye popping, but solid defense. Right. Right. Um. You know, if that, if that with, if that be- with Cassis, what's
1: up? With, with Cassis, I, I think you're right. It's. I think with all the hype and the fanfare that was around him in the minors, they were expecting like MVP caliber, right. you know, forty-five home runs that like no, I I think he's all star potential, maybe not perennial, but I could see him having a couple seasons where you know what, yeah, he might squeak into an all-star game here or there. And overall, what I love about him is he's going to get on base and he's going to find any way to do it. And if he takes his walks and does it fine. If he, you know, is going to pop some hits here or there to do it fine. he That's what I love about him. he He's not up there to crush those 500 foot bombs that everybody expected him to do. He just wants to get on base.
0: Right. Exactly. And, an, and a, a decent, and he'll walk about a lot too. Right. That's the other thing. So, when you pe I'm starting to see a little bit of a plan from Hein Bloom, although it's not 100% uh, clear. You re- you're really going to go into next in this off season, right? You need it. An- you still need, you can go out and get an ace of the rotation, right? An external ace, right? Bayo's developing, mm. right? Have a one and one A guy, right? If you get someone like a Marcus Strowman or, you know, me and Derek, or Derek. Is very high on Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who's inevitably going to get posted, right? Would be a Tanaka type yep. deal, you know. He makes your rotation better. I know it's you're also taking you're also taking a chance on him. Same same thing as Yoshida. How is he going to adapt to the hitters in um, the MLB? Right? I think for hitters, it's more you're way more questions because the pitching in Japan is not as filthy as the pitching in major league baseball. So there's that element. Mm -hmm. And, but the the Yoshinoba Yamamoto is a stud, right? He, he's like, who, who's the best pitcher in the league right now? Um, he's like, almost like Justin Verlander was. Okay. In Japan, I think.
1: Right. Or like a Scherzer.
0: A Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah, and there's this guy named Otani, which if yeah, they go that, and get him, that guy, like holy cow,
1: <laughs> they which, won't get him. Actually, I was watching that game yesterday. Yesterday was the first time in his career in Japan and U.S. that he gave up back-to-back home runs.
0: Wow, but then he, he was yeah. technically hurt too. I don't know how much of right. to, like phantom, but
1: yeah, a blister. I mean, it's nothing to like, you know, panic about, but yeah.
0: Bayo had the same thing.
1: Right. And he's fine. Right. So, so it's very yeah, he'll it's be very fine. Minor. He's gonna miss the all-star game. Yeah. Right. Well, he'll yeah. miss the all-star game, which fine. No one cares you know, about I'm, the
0: all-star game because it, it's, it's they the don't. Toronto Blue Jays are playing in Seattle.
1: Right. It's and honestly, if you ask me with the All Star game, if missing the All-Star game means Otani can get into the playoffs, you do it. You do it. I don't care. Like, but yeah, but it's Trout, just how I feel about.
0: Trout it. has the same injury that Yu Chang had. Remember when Yu Chang yep. went down in April? Yep. That's exactly what Trout has.
1: Yeah. So he'll be back this year.
0: He'll be back. It's like one. Or it of, should be. If you're gonna break a bone, like that's the bone you want him to break. No, like yeah. it's bad, but like there are worse bones to break. Right. I'm right. not rooting for injuries, but. Yeah, but going back to the no. Red Sox, you have a clear path, right, next season, where you can use your money. And I'm gonna play devil's advocate, right? And what time Bloom done the past three off seasons hasn't spent that much money outside of Devers and Story. Story was more Stony, Stony. Story and Devers were more ownership. <laughs> Thanks, S- uh, Trevor Stony create a shirt (laughs) they're more
1: dave o'brien
0: Yeah, so dave (laughs) o'brien um as i was saying story and um endeavors were both ownership moves right heim bloom didn't really want he's not going to spend the money right because he's tampa bay and what does tampa bay try to do they try to be the smartest guys in the room because they don't have the money to do all it right so devil's advocate. They're not going to go get an ace. They're going to get another Corey Kluber. where they're going to get another u- couple utility guys. They'll go and spend on the bullpen a little bit, maybe a bat here and there. And that's all they'll do. Right. I, yep. and you can make same, same argument as last season or coming into this season, right? You were going to rely on Chris sale because Chris sale has one more year in his contract they want to justify that they're like okay we're paying him this money we're, we want to use him um we we want to use him as he's getting paid right he's getting paid to be an ace so we're not going to go in right. an ace right and we besides we have Bayo we have Tanner Hawk Cutter Crawford Garrett Whitlock should be i think he should be a relief i think he should be a bullpen arm still just right out this season as a mm-hmm. starter but just too many injuries. Right? I don't know. I don't know what your take is on that, but I'm interested to hear it.
1: Yeah, I so I, I like where you're going with that, right? It's it's kind of how Heimblum operates. And you don't see him really doing that stuff. And and I think there there's the argument out there he's not doing that because he's been kind of lining up all his chips with, you know, the youth movement that we have and the miners and Cassius and Duran and those guys for this coming offseason to spend big. And I, I don't I don't necessarily know because you know Devers was the big money, you know, story. You can you can say Yoshida. Um and Yoshida's in my opinion worked out, you know, so far. Devers I got to be honest. I know he was slumping, but that's not out of the ordinary for Devers. They're usually every season. There's some kind of slump that he has. And, you know, that makes people a little worried, but he always comes out of it. And mind you, he's still top five in RBIs. Um, and I think his average is what? two sixty five. That's good. That's better than it was. That's
0: better than it was before. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Like it's, we don't hit the panic button on that. You're just people look at the money and go, Oh my God. No. Like he's, he's going to be what he's always been. And that's why you sign every
0: big league hitter is going to go through some sort of slump. Right. It's inevitable. Right. I think.
1: Yeah, they will. Unless, unless you're
0: like Shoei Otani or Mike Trout.
1: Right. Exactly. And so, I can see that happening where he's like, you know what? No, it's starting to build. And, you know, obviously they've talked about sustained success. You know, they want to keep going back and keep going back to, you know, playoffs, World Series, all that. I can see where you're getting that, right? Here's the plan kind of coming together. Here's what Tampa does. And the thing is with, with with Tampa's model, though, is they've also included pitching with it. Haim hasn't really done that with pitching. I, I don't really count Bayo as a Haim guy, because I believe Dombrowski uh drafted him. I could be wrong though. I mean but internationally
0: I, I... there's like some other guy. His I think it's, like Eddie Romero was this guy who scouted him.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was Eddie Romero and and that. So I don't really count Bayo. So so far. Bloom has just collected infielders like they're infinity stones. And, you know, it's just wanting those guys. I I don't know if he's, if part of his plan was, well, I'll just sign veteran pitchers and, you know, piece it together because I can just get bullpen guys. And almost similar to like what Milwaukee does, did before they had Burns and Woodruff where it was like, Hey, we're just going to, You know, get veteran starters who can eat innings, and our bullpen is going to be the strength. He might lean that way. And that's, I think that's what the problem we have as Red Sox fans. Mm -hmm. We went from Theo, who was a very good communicator and could give you glimpses of, you know, what the plan is, and hey, here's our guy, and we're going to go get him, and that. And Then you had, you know, Sherrington come up and you could clearly see the plan there. Like there was always something. Bloom isn't that guy. So whatever he's got working out, we're not really going to know. And we just have to look for, you know, kind of read the tea leaves basically of like, oh, we've got this and this. So he's going to do this. Right. So I, I guess that's my long way of saying it could go either way. But here's what I like is, I do see a way for us to be like Tampa and like, and as much as it kills me to say this, but as like the Dodgers too, where there's just a solid core and has that core ages. There's another core that's going to come up. So we're not really missing a beat. And that's what I see happening.
0: Right. And I feel like if you give Heim Bloom some adult drinks, um, I think twenty twenty three was a bridge year right a yeah. lot of like a lot of the money was spent on one year deals two year deals and Raphael Devers just to make the fans happy and say okay, we're spending the money but look a lot a a lot of this a lot of the players he got yes they could probably they could put something together yes they had the, they have the potential but at the same time. Just if you give Heim Bloom the communication, the ability to communicate um that the like you said, Theo Epstein had, right? You'd probably say, Give me gimme give this year. We're gonna we're gonna suck this year, but twenty twenty four is the year. He probably right. Bloom probably went into this offseason and say, Okay, I'm not gonna go and spend on a big free agent. I want the money for next offseason where we can get a good arm. Right. Um, Yeah. I don't know how much I can trust him with that, but at the same time, it's like, you got to make the fans happy. This is Boston. This isn't Tampa Bay where Tampa Bay won't be calling for your head. Boston people will be calling for your head. Right. So is Bloom going to finally break out and, and say, yep, yep, yep. We're I'm going to go spend, or is he going to do the same? He's is he going to play the same game he did and say we're going to spend we're going to spend smart, not like throw right. How, what's what's the phrase?
1: Yeah, we're not going to do the stupid Padre money.
0: Yeah, we're not going to be AJ Preller and the uh, uh the San Diego Padres and chuck right. out eleven year deals. You don't even need to do that.
1: No. You don't. Well, I guess here's the question I have for you then is if, if the Red Sox finish 500 or, well, no, we'll just mark it at 500. If they finish for the year 500, right. And they don't make the playoffs or anything like that. You think Heim bloom is back next year.
0: Yes. And here's why I would have originally said no. he pro he definitely has a plan as much as i don't want to th- as much as i want to think he doesn't i think he told ownership long-term sustainability takes time and i can't be throwing money at all these guys
1: mm-hmm.
0: so give me and there's the argument, like all these GMs did it within three years. Since Theo, uh, since Theo Epstein, Theo Epstein had a championship in three years. Charrington did, Dombrowski did, and you're year four, gonna enter year five of Heim Bloom with no World Series victories. The 2021, a lot of it was built by Dombrowski. When you look at the team, right? Native All, yeah. Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers um yep. Eduardo Rodriguez like all those guys so um uh, do I think I think now that I think of it I think there's more of a shot that Alex Cora gets fired but But yes. because I don't know I don't know if he will because here's why heim has been reluctant to spend the money right Cora Cora wants to manage like he's it's World Series or bust for him. Right? He he'll manage and you have to win. That should be every manager's uh um, That's that's every manager's goal to win. Right. But yep, Alex Cora, win. yep. Alex Cora doesn't really understand the rebuild phase like he's probably like I want to win now with the pieces what we have. And Bloom's probably like, eh, hold on. I have my my I, plan is. They're they're definitely two different types of guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they're definitely not the best communicators. Core has one more year on his contract, I think.
1: So I believe so. I think. Yeah. He, I
0: think I, him and Bloom have one.
1: I've, I th- I'm going to disagree with. Cora is like trying to win like it's the world series or bust now, because there are some moves out there where it's like, if, if he's really feeling that way, why in the hell would you bench Duran when he's had three triples in a game and Nope, I'm going to pinch it for him for a rough snyder. And I know that move worked out. I know that, but that was a very high risk. And then the other day, when you know, I think it was what yesterday, we're down, Duran is red hot, and you know, we get a guy on base, oh I'm gonna pinch hit for him. Why are you doing that stuff? Like that's where I have gotta be honest. I think there's there's some disconnect there. And and I'll even point to um the uh what was it the Sunday game where Bernardino was the opener? Yes, he threw eighteen pitches was great, pulled them. And that's where I think the disconnect happens is I don't think Cora likes necessarily Heim Bloom and, you know, the the scouting department and stuff. They kind of put this together this plan based on numbers. And they're like, hey, here's, you know, what we think you should do. And, you know, go ahead and do it. And I think Cora just kind of does that as like a almost like an F you. Like oh, yeah, well, the plan is to pull Bernardino after this inning, no matter how good he does. So I'm doing that. And there you go. Whereas you should at least have a feel for the game. Like, he threw 18 pitches. He was great. You you could have wrote him another inning, maybe even two. Is that going along with the plan? No, but the plan is going better than, than expected. And that's where I just I have that feeling that there's some disconnect there. And same thing with, like, you know, like I talked about with Durant, you know, three triples in a game. Oh, nope, the numbers say I got to pull him. So I'm going to do that. And it's it's pissing off the fans. But I think Cora wants to do things his way. But when he does those moves, it's oh, nope, that's the plan. And, you know, this is why shit's happening. So, yeah, but
0: I, 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 I'm going to add on a little bit. But how much of it is Cora and how much of it is Bloom saying do this, do that? the analytics say that right. that's where I'm mixed because if, cause if it's like, Oh, why is Duran benched? Um, if, if that's bloom, I want to know, but I, right. I have a hard time thinking that's Bloom or ha- That's Cora. Cause I think Cora is like, okay, he's hot. Keep him in. Right. Cora. Cora was like that a lot. Right. Right. But especially in like 2018, 2019. If you're hot, you're in the lineup. You're cool, if you're cold, you're gonna sit, sit some games. Now it's like if you're right. hot, you're out of the lineup.
1: It, yeah,
0: it's weird. That's why I think Heim Bloom controls the lineup a little bit more than Korra mm-hmm. before. It, it's interest. it's an interesting conversation so, because it's like how much of this is Korra, how much of it's Bloom. I want to know that if this is all Korra, then that's Korra's fault, but at the same time. Right. I'm like, really? I have like, I know. Cora, Cora. It's like, I'm not sure Cora, Cora personally would do that move because there's some moves, uh, head scratch. There's like Duran, getting pinch, pinched Restner pinch hitting right. That's a head scratch, right? I think that's Bloom. Right. I I truly think that's Bloom saying, okay, put in Restner versus lefties, even if you're replacing Duran's spot. I really think it's because it's like what you're trying to be the smartest guy in the room.
1: Right, you are. That's it,
0: my argument I, to say it's a Bloom, but you you don't know. At at the end of the day, we won't
1: know. You don't know, right? And we and we probably will never know. But it, it feels very similar to, and being being in Illinois, I kind of <laughs> just followed it just because it gets beaten over your head. But when Joe Madden was with the with the Cubs towards the end of the tenure, Joe Madden wanted to do things his way, and. The Cubs from front office was kind of, I don't want to say they changed philosophy, but it was more of, here's what the numbers say. Joe Madden always kind of had a feel for the game. He would do some goofy stuff, but he always tried to have, like, a feel for the game. And the pressure was coming down more and more of, like, no, here's what the numbers say. Here's what the numbers say. And I almost feel like the same thing's going on. Like, and it's to that point where, like I say, like, Nobody, I mean, honestly, if Bloom is sitting there saying, hey, absolutely no matter what Duran does, you pull him at this point so you can pinch hit because that's where the numbers are, he's got to be out of his mind. Like, he he, he needs to be freaking beaten over the head because benching a guy who's three for three with three triples to pinch hit for Rob Refschneider, and don't get me wrong, I like Rob Snyder, but why why on earth would you do that that is not a a logical move and that's why i almost think it's like Korra going, nope that's the plan f you i'm gonna here's your plan there you go because you won't let me do things the way i want to do them
0: right and it's, it's, it's just like yeah. in and the other one is like why are we starting kiga at shortstop
1: yes yeah and that's another one right i think because that's where i go with that is Kike Hernandez and Alex Cora have a bond that it's it's well known, w- very well known, and that's where I think this stems from. I think if if I'm being honest here, Heimblum, and it goes, it's speculation. We're never going to know this stuff, but if it, or Heimblum saw that Kike was a problem and with all the errors and everything, so he goes out and he gets Pablo Reyes. Pablo Reyes has been serviceable. But he has not been in enough games. And for whatever reason, I that's where it doesn't make sense to me. Where I'm sure Haim went out and got Pablo Reyes and was like, hey, let's start giving Kike a little bit of a break here and just, you know, keep playing Reyes and see what happens. And when Reyes was doing better, i Bloom was like, Hey, you, you gotta start benching your boy. And then is like, Nope. Cause here's what happens with your plan. So I'm going to keep him in. And it's just, that's where I go with that. Like, I I don't know, man, it's, it's so weird, but I just, I, I really feel, and and stats has mentioned it before on on our podcast about this disconnect between Cora and bloom. And I just, I really feel that way because I keep seeing these moves and it's like, okay, that's a head scratcher. Where is that coming from?
0: I think, look, if I'm in the playoffs, I want Alex Cora to be my manager. I'm just going to be completely honest. The way he manages, it's awesome, right? You should have won the Astros series, and you would have definitely beaten the – I want to say definitely, but I think he would have been the Braves if Laz Diaz wasn't such a fucking <laughs> asshole and yes. had eyes, right? So it's like Cora does a good job with that. Um, but we're not there, and at the same time, I don't know. It's interesting. I think at most we might see one more year of Cora and Bloom. I think Cora. At the end of the day, they might be there for a while, just because ownership's like we want you there. I think, and a lot of people in the within the organization say if Alex Cora is going to leave, it's it's a him decision, not uh, a Heim Bloom yeah. ownership decision. So that. At the same time it's like, okay, then Bloom's in the hot seat. But I think they're gonna wait for Bloom to I think they're gonna wait for Bloom's draft picks, because if Bloom's draft picks suck and the socks suck, he's gone. Like with that without, without yeah. a question, right? So I don't know. It's interesting. And I, it is interesting. Yeah, we, we and we I know we just talked about it, but I just wanna quickly mention uh Christmas came early, Grant Williams got traded. Thank the Lord. He's gone. <laughs> A lot of people liked him, but Christmas came early.
1: <laughs> Just had to get that out there. Yes, I did. Uh, so I want to go back to what you're saying with Cora with, you know, in the playoffs, you want him to be your manager and, and that. I, so what he did in 2018, there's some out there that are like, that team was so good. You could have had Anybody. Be manager and it would have just gone that way I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that but I think because of the talent and the way things came together that was it was great and he pushed all the right bucks to, to make that happen mm-hmm. 2021 was similar in that fashion where You had a lot of those, you know, same players from that team and, you know, that core really. And he was pushing buttons and and it was still working despite the fact that, you know, they weren't uh, they weren't hitting very well throughout the season until like Schwarber showed up. And that's when it just kind of, you know, got a little better and they got hot at the right time. I think what worries me is it's almost like when like for 162 Cora like doesn't he doesn't manage bullpen well and he makes you know some questionable calls here and there and if you don't have a very talented roster to kind of mask that this is what you get and now in the playoffs I think if the lights are on I think there's a different angle for him. Like, there's some stuff that work in October that doesn't work during the regular season. And, like, bullpen management is one of those. Like, you could do that where you do have like an opener and then your bullpen comes in, so long as they're strong enough and will get you through, you know, six innings. So that way you can, you know, steal a couple of games in the playoffs. And I think he's really good with that. But I don't think over like 162 unless you have that talented of a roster again, that'll happen for Cora.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I could, I can, I've been backing Cora for a while, but I'm just, like, skeptical now. I'm like, mm-hmm. and this is where I go back. It's like, well, who's really making these calls? Because in Tampa Bay, Kevin Cash has his way, and if the front office is like, make a lineup like this, um, Kevin Cash will do it.
1: Right, he'll do it right, and obviously, even going back to like Blake Snell, right? The numbers said pull him; he pulled them. Yeah, like that's exactly. how Kevin Cash is going to be, right? And I and I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Like if that's how it's going to be, but and again, kind of going to that, like where if if High Bloom, let's talk about tonight, right? Cassis not playing, why? He's been he's been hot of late and since May he's been very good. And defensively, I, he's better than Turner in my opinion. Why are you not playing him? Because the numbers say against John Gray that Cassis isn't going to do good. He hasn't really faced John Gray. Like what numbers are out there that say that? That's what doesn't make sense to me. Like if that's why I don't think Cora is like Kevin Cash where it's like okay, you know, do what I say. Because again, looking at things, there's there's no way, or I shouldn't say there's no way, because it is happening, but why? Like, what is the sense of it? And there's no explanation. Like, even even guys on the broadcast are starting to question things. Yeah, I think it was Merloni uh, yesterday, when, you know, Duran wasn't in anymore. Merloni even said, he's like, oh, sometimes you make those moves and you know thinking something he couldn't even explain it it was like okay that's odd <laughs> right
0: uh yeah so we're back um you want to say anything jeremy
1: yeah um so we're gonna head to a trade deadline now right the uh the, the ever the ever present trade deadline where everybody freaks out and Either nothing happens or something happens and everybody is justified for freaking out.
0: Yeah, or there's freaking out that you got a good piece and then freaking out that that good piece sucks and then freaking (laughs) out even more. (laughs) Right? Wash, rinse, repeat.
1: Right, right. The the trade deadline's great because, you know what? Everybody's manic depressive when the trade deadline hits.
0: Yeah, we, we should definitely do a live show that day.
1: Yeah, I've thought about it. I, problem is, I'm going to be in Dallas. And oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not going to be available that day. So yeah, I'll be is down For and, work. Yeah, it's for work. So I'm not sure. Maybe that night I'll be able to do something, but definitely we'll not see. during the day. So I yeah, know. Maybe,
0: maybe me and Mr. Brown can do
1: something. Ah, there you go. We'll right. That'd
0: Derek be great. Derek is going to be. We're going to try to get Derek to scratch his plans and yes. he has abdominal soreness. Yes, exactly. We'll do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: He's, he's got, he's got other priorities, but anyways, yeah, trade deadline. You can't, be, I, I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be straight and honest. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to say it straight up. You can't buy rentals. You can't do that. Not with this team, right? Mm-hmm. This team, this team's not going anywhere. If you make the playoffs, cool. But at the same time, I don't want to screw up the quote-unquote plan by giving up a prospect. I don't want to trade for an ace because it's going to, be, it's going to cost a lot of prospects. And why, why give up the prospects when you can get someone better in the off season for money? So yep. that's where I'm at. What are your thoughts?
1: So I, I agree, unless it, it comes down to years of control. Right. If you can get somebody with years of control, then sure, you could probably give up some of these pieces for the future. Now, what those pieces are, I have no idea, but I think that's the only way you go. The one that is interesting, though, that I would think is. If you're confident you've got a chance to sign the guy. I'd be okay with it. And so case in point. If And it depends on how these next few weeks play out. But I would expect Corbin Burns to be on the trade market with the Brewers. That's a piece where, if if you're confident, you can get a deal done. Possibly, like, during the season, once you acquire him or, you know, offseason, but you're that confident, okay, you go for it. And you give up some of those pieces. I'd be okay with that. I I honestly would. Now, what I would expect though is there to be some communication of like, you know, Hey, we were confident we could nail the guy and, you know, get him for a few more years. and, And that like, I would like that to come out. Now, I don't know if that'll ever happen with this regime, but you don't make a move like that and just not explain it. So, um, what do I think the Sox are going to do though is I think if they do get any rentals um it's not necessarily going to be anything that'll get them into the playoffs. I think it's just more of let's get through the season and be competitive. So they might give up some low A guys. You know, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, pick almost like like a Tommy Pham, like Yeah, we'll get him so we can at least have a position player here, like shortstop or, you know, whatever you want to do right now, and to at least get us through the year. And, okay, we gave up, you know, a low A guy and, you know, something else, like, you know, cash considerations. That's kind of what I see them doing. I don't see a big splash happening. Um, If they deal Paxton, I could see that. But for the love of Christ, do not get more infielders that are going to be ready in 2028. Like, our minor leagues have a logjam of infielders. Do something else. Like, I mentioned earlier, Bloom drafts infielders like he's collecting infinity stones. Don't do that with Paxton. Don't do that with Duvall, if there is anything out there for Duvall at this point. Like... That's what I don't want. So I don't know. What What do you think if they give up like a Paxton or Duvall? Like, what do you think they should be going after?
0: They got to be going after guys who are going to be on the books for 2024, whether that be a change of scenery guy, right? And you do have one in Bobby Dahlbeck. You do have a change of scenery guy. Maybe you can trade him and get another guy who needs a change of scenery. So. Right. It's going to be interesting, but you no, know, Paxton is a must trade. Right, and if we don't trade him, we fail. I don't want Paxton. I mean, I do, but like, how long? How much is is sustainable? Is this is this sustainable for a long period of time? Is he a fine wine where he only gets better with age? I don't know. I have no idea. So, I want to pre- I want to do what's best for the team next year. So, what's best for the team next year? Getting a pitching prospect,
1: right? Or get or getting depth for next year.
0: Getting depth for next year, and yep. if you're gonna get prospects for next year, um, they got it. Like you said, I don't want it. 2028. 20, I, I want guys who are gonna be ready either next season or mid next season, or maybe even this season. So I don't know. Like maybe a guy like N. Manuel Valdez was with the Christian Vasquez trade, and Willier Bray. You are like they're in AAA. Valdez was in AAA, but. I think you're going to get Paxton's adding value and that's great. If he gets hurt, Oh, then you're screwed, right? right. If he gets hurt, you're screwed. Yeah. Right. No one's going to want to trade for him, but he has a lot of value. He's dominant and he's a lefty. Let's not forget that. Yep. So let's trade him. Let's trade Adam Duvall. You're not going to trade Kike Hernandez. I just, cause I think the clubhouse presence, but at the same time it's bloom and what value is Kike going to have. I don't know trade Bobby doll back and trade Dave O'Brien Simple.
1: <laughs> back to Dave O'Brien uh, I um I also wonder too Chris Martin do you trade him
0: no just because he has another year
1: he does but I mean and he's
0: valuable and if you're gonna be good next year you need a good bullpen and I mean look take calls
1: right right because so. at this point i think i think bobby Dahlbeck would be an amazing kansas city royal i think he would right? just that that would be he would flourish there um i don't know what kansas city has but i also know that there's not a whole lot of value for Dahlbeck because every time he comes up to fenway it's like he just dies i i don't get it he either he's a quadruple a player Or he just gets the yips in Fenway and he needs to go to like Kansas City or Oakland or Detroit or, you know, any of those teams where it's like fans are not as, you know, rabid against you when you screw up. But I don't know. I mean, I I think you're right, though, with like Chris Martin, you take calls if it's a way for you to offload a Kike Hernandez and get some pieces that that could be something. Um, Cause again, with bullpen and there, this is the reason why I brought up Martin. You, you're you going to be able to find some guys at the bullpen. You will. It, it's, it happens every year um, on, on not just the Red Sox, but a lot of teams where they you know, pick up a guy who is going to be serviceable in the bullpen and he ends up being a stud for that year or maybe a second year. But that's really about it. So I'm not really worried that you wouldn't be able to find somebody for next year if you dealt Chris Martin.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I like Chris Martin personally. He's I do too. Yeah, I think he's cool great. Guy. But
1: yeah, I, are you, are you going to find another guy who's doing what he's doing this year? No but who's to say he's going to do what he's doing this year, next year. It, it's, it's unlikely. Right. And I
0: think it's less bidding too. Yeah. It's like, look, if you, if you don't trade him, you know, he's on the books for next, in next season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say, I, 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 I truly think if you don't trade him, you don't have to go out and spend more money on an arm. Cause it's, they're already in, he's already in the books. Yeah.
1: So, yeah know. it is right. but again, it's
0: yeah, um, what was I gonna say yeah, I think I think you know we're gonna wrap up soon, but any any other thoughts? Any
1: other thoughts I will I will say this kind of go with the um, uh, trade deadline uh, once more is and again kind of going with time Bloom's job security. if he has another trade deadline like he does last year, I don't I don't see how he could come out of that um or I don't see how, a way he would keep his job honestly it's yes he made the the move for Vasquez which is looking okay but there were the moves that he did not make that was damning to him and and stats said that I'm not taking credit for for that one but it makes total sense like not trading JD not trading Xander or even at that time, Rafi, which, you know, and I know we signed him, but those were the types of moves you should have made to really get some prospects for 2024, 25, you know, that, and he didn't do it. And that's what worries me going into this trade deadline is what is he going to do? Because if it, if it's anything like last year where, he doesn't get some pieces for next year or that year. I don't see how he can keep his job.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know where we go from this.
1: (laughs) We can wrap it up, man. It's late, you know, (laughs) it's late. Yeah. Um,
0: I spent the last hour panic packing right you're panic packing i have no i have no time tomorrow yep here's my day tomorrow i'm waking up at seven uh probably gonna edit this because i'm going on a trip i'm leaving friday actually i should have fucking waited to say that um so i'm waking up early right i don't know i think it's illegal to because i have to do the lawn right
1: yeah you have
0: to it's, it's gonna take like an hour or two, probably two hours because I have to fucking bag everything. That's right. That's how long it is. Um, and then after that, I have work. I have work at 1130, so I'm going to get it. I want to do it as early as I can. I think it's like illegal where I am to do it like at 7 a.m. So I'm going to wait. I'll wait till 8.
1: Right. Wait till 8. Be respectful.
0: I'll be respectful because people are sleeping. Right. I mean, look, I mean, look, it's a Thursday. You should be up by 8 o'clock. You should be.
1: You should be. Dave if O'Brien at- would do it at
0: 7. Dave O'Brien would do it at seven <laughs> and I'd have, and, and I'd, me and Mr. Brown would have vanilla ice cream. Right.
1: It's from Dairy Queen. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah. After that, I have work from like 1130 to uh, three 30. It's a short shift or three forty-five. It's a very short shift. And then after that, I'm going straight to the game, the Red Sox game. Then he wants to stay late, uh, which I'm like, uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but I'll do it because. All right. And then I'm going to bed. I'm I'll, I'm going to get home. At like, God bless the pitch clock, because I never I never get out of Fenway. Oh, so God, I'll yeah. probably get home at around ten thirty, eleven. 11. Then I go to bed for five hours. Wake up again. And be miserable. And Dave O'Brien.
1: And yes, it's yeah. You're uh, essentially the next few days for you is gonna be um, the equivalent of being waterboarded while also having Dave O'Brien just blare in the background. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck to you on that, sir. It's uh, thank you. But hey, you're going to the game tomorrow, so it's gonna be worth it. And I'm going you know, to the
0: game tomorrow, and right two days later, I'm going to the see Tampa Bay.
1: Right. So, it'll all be worth it. It's just, you know, as they say, it's uh it's not about the destination, it's the journey. So Who says that? <laughs> um, I don't know, people that try to make you feel better when you're like, "Man, this week just sucks."
0: <laughs> mhm. Yeah. So yeah, wish me luck. Um I think I'm going to go. And yeah, All right. Uh, Anything else? Anything else you'd like to say? Because this is the last podcast I'll have for until mid July.
1: Well, for those of you, uh, I'll do shameless plug time. So for those of you listening, uh, God damn it! I know. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) kidding.
0: I don't care. I like. I like it. You plug my stuff, right? Uh, You. You deserve. Exactly. I was going to plug you in after, but right. self-plug. Go. So
1: I'll do a shameless plug. Uh, so for those of you who do listen, check us out on Off the Monster Podcast. So we do with with uh, Derek Stats-McGuire, uh, Jeff Brown, and at times Robert S. Taylor, who uh, also goes by Michael Anthony Napoli. Um, we don't record consistently or frequently. We just kind of do it whenever. Um, so if you look at our, you know, catalog on Spotify, you might see like, Five episodes. I don't know. I don't even know how many we've done. The last I heard was like 50, but we don't really keep count, but we just, you know, shoot the shit and go off the rails and touch on everything. So uh, check it out. But Jason, I appreciate you having me on. It's always good when we do get together. Uh, I am pretty proud of us tonight. We did not necessarily go off the rails. We kind of stuck to Red Sox. We ventured a little bit to Angel stuff just because of the injuries, and then we came back to Red Sox. So Kudos to you for keeping me in line, sir.
0: I feel like I feel like I'm defeated now that we didn't go off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) Just personally, it's like,
1: (laughs) is this the part where you start talking about like strippers and cocaine or what? (laughs) We have to. We have to go off the rails now that I think about it. With Dave (laughs) O'Brien. Yeah.
0: The radio, I've been listening a lot of the radio. Like, oh, my God, it's, it's so good. There, yeah. And like Monaco's <sighs> on. Yep. And then I turn on the TV and it's like, here's the one, two. Like, I know.
1: Ah! I know. Just switch. Switch Dave O'Brien with Mike Monaco. And I think that'd be great.
0: And then someday he's have Dave O'Brien be the placeholder for me.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. See what happens, man.
0: Yeah. um. So strippers and cocaine, right? You betcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, go check out Jeremy on Twitter at what is it?
1: Uh, I am in. I, I'm in Illinois. Because <laughs> Illinois is the seventh circle of hell. Okay. Yep. Or you can find me too, Jeremy, the overweight underdog.
0: The overweight underdog, depressed Sox fan. Yep. <laughs> um, nuke. No, that's Mr. Brown's name.
1: Yep, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Brown was Nuke Lelouch.
0: <laughs> so, how's your dog, Dave O'Brien?
1: Dave O'Brien's doing well. Um, I, I still every once in a while I do call him that, and he does respond. So oh, uh, now, now I have to do up a whole like PowerPoint with my family and go, hey, uh, this is why we're going to change his name to Dave O'Brien. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you're going to get another one. They're like, oh, I want to name it Muffin. I want to name it, I want to name it, um, I don't know, what's a cool dog name?
1: No, not, it won't be Perry. a cool dog name. No, we'll just stick with Red Sox broadcasters. So, like, the next one be – Kevin
0: Millar. Next Kevin is Millar. Millar. Right. After, He's that, after Kevin Millar.
1: After that would be Joe Castiglione. <laughs>
0: Or, uh, no, no, no! It should be it should be Darnell McDonald. Darnell McDonald,
1: yes. <laughs> Tom, Alice Tom Caron. Tom Karen, you know. <laughs> Tom Caron.
0: Um yeah. Um, Tim Wakefield.
1: Tim Wakefield, yep. Bill Burr. Uh,
0: Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Euclis. Lenny DiNardo.
1: Yeah, Lenny DiNardo. Jonathan Papavon. <laughs> Will Middlebrooks. Yes. The list goes Jeremiah on. Jamai Webster, <laughs> Brock Holt. Oh wait, no, not yet.
0: <laughs> not yet. Jared Sultan, the machia. You...
1: Oh my god, my that'd be great.
0: I named him Jared Machia. <laughs> oh
1: my god. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If you get a cat, um. Uh, Ever realized the whole Nestor Cruz for baseball is like all men?
1: Yes, yeah, Yeah. they don't. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, so Dave O'Brien.
1: So Dave O'Brien, maybe, yeah, Yeah. maybe that's why it's Dave O'Brien calling the shots.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, (laughs) hot take,
1: (laughs) hot take. Dave O'Brien's calling the shots. So like you know all the moves of like Bench and Duran when he's had three triples, Dave O'Brien,
0: abdominal soreness,
1: abdominal soreness, Dave (laughs) O'Brien, shoulder inflammation, Dave O'Brien.
0: Um. Ever ever hear the stories of like guys getting injured by pulling down their pants? (laughs) Dave O'Brien. Dave Um, (laughs) O'Brien.
1: (laughs) <laughs> on the I.L. for a week because you sneezed, Dave O'Brien.
0: <laughs> wait, oh yeah, wait, I think that actually happened. That
1: did, that was Sammy Sosa. <laughs> yep.
0: Dave O'Brien.
1: Dave O'Brien, yep. Or what was the Kerry From- Wood one? Carrie Wood uh, slipped in his hot tub, and he was out for two months.
0: I'm curious, now we have to go off the rails here. <laughs> Baseball...
1: <laughs> Injuries. M- Manny okay. Ruppera getting an MRI on the wrong leg. <laughs> Wait, actually? Yes. Yeah, he he was complaining about his right leg. It was right before he got traded. He was complaining about his right leg. So they went to do the MRI. They did it on the right leg. And then he came back and went, no, it's my left leg that's hurting me.
0: Okay, Marty Cor- Cordova. Marty Cordova was day-to-day once because he fell asleep in a tanning bed. (laughs) In 2002, he... Oh, my God. In 2002, he showed up on the injury report as day-to-day because he fell asleep in a training (laughs) bed catching some artificial rays to get that sweet, orangey, crisp, (laughs) and burnt face. As a result, the doctor said he needed to stay out of the sun. Oh, my gosh. as... As he's just learning, baseball is played outdoors, often in the sun. (laughs) Are you ready? Ricky Henderson got frostbite in August. (laughs) uh, uh, How did that happen? He fell asleep with a pack of ice on his foot, which gave him Frostbite. frostbite, and he missed three games.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Matt Cain injures himself making a sandwich.
1: Yes, I remember that one. In
0: 2014, yeah. he was, How did that happen? Cain was making a ham and cheese sandwich in the Giants team kitchen, <laughs> dropped his knife, tried to catch it, and cut his finger. But Cain wasn't just trying to cut the sandwich in half like a pleb. No, no. <laughs> Matt Kane is a fancy man who was trying to cut his sandwich like he got he's got class. Yes. In Kane's words, I want to cut it and make fancy triangles. Yes. Sometimes being high class takes a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Will Smith tears his LCL taking off his shoes. Yes. How does that even happen? Oh. He was ready to shower after a game. He was standing on one leg. Take it up. He pulled hard and it <laughs> stayed on. My knee just went up and popped. <laughs> David Price, oh, and, Joel, and Joel, uh Zamaya, Zamaya. I forgot how to pronounce that. Yeah, hurt themselves playing video games. I remember in twenty eighteen. Yeah, like, David Price. they yep. were playing Mario Kart. I remember or that. Or something like that. I don't know.
1: I hated it David Price.
0: Fortnite. Trevor Bauer cuts his finger fixing his drone.
1: Yep. That was a good one.
0: Yep. That was. Remember how he was like. You remember he got his pinky.
1: Yes. Yeah. His pinky got cut from the drone. A
0: fucking drone. Yep. Glenn Allen Hill falls through glass table because he had a nightmare. In
1: 1990,
0: he landed himself on the 15-day DL with bruises on his feet, legs, and elbows as a result of crashing through a glass table. Why did he... crashed through a glass table. Why the fuck did he do that? He he was having a nightmare. He was being attacked by spiders, which is objectively terrifying. So he So he probably woke up, and he's like, Oh shit, this isn't a dream.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Sammy Sosa sneezes yep. so hard he throws his back out. Yep. Enough said. Brian Roberts gets mad hits himself in the head, gets a concussion. In 2010, he struck out against uh, Joaquin Benoit, got angry, and smacked himself in the helmet with his bat. That hit actually caused a concussion. And after that season, Robertson played more than 91 games in the rest of his career.
1: Oh, my God. Man, there was
0: Oh, my God. Listen to this. Jason... Uh, I... Is Ringheisen, okay? Breaks his wrist punching a trash can. Yep, and then also gets t- turbo for tuberculosis because why not? <laughs> what the fuck?
1: I think that was the same year that the Mets got uh, hand, foot, and mouth too. <laughs> I
0: <laughs> like <laughs> this, he decided to, scra- to scratch off part of his organ trail disease bucket list. Ended up with TB in May. <laughs> the fuck yeah he broke his wrist in a rehab assignment <laughs> from arm and soldier surgery okay
1: oh my gosh
0: tom tom galvin eats bad airplane food throws up so hard he breaks his rib <laughs> um kevin mitchell chips his tooth on microwave donut needs root canal <laughs> <laughs> Salvador Perez tears his MCL um carrying his luggage that was unfortunate.
1: Yes, I remember that.
0: Brandon Morrow takes off his pants hurts his back. I remember that. Jonathan Lucroy searches for a sock ends up with a broken hand. What? <laughs> oh my god. I need to read this. He landed on the deal with a broken hand. It all happened when he was searching for one of his socks under his bed, and his wife moved a piece of luggage that then fell on his hand and caused what's known a boxer's fracture.
1: <laughs>
0: Not only how do you how bad does his wife feel? Right. Carlos Correa gets a super intense massage and breaks his rib. Yep. What Very year much. was that? I forget.
1: Oh God, was that sixteen?
0: Hello. Jeremy Affelt's everything. (laughs) (laughs) uh, During that career, he had a handful of really weird injuries. Chronologically. Let's go. First three... There, sorry, first there was his run with a couple frozen hamburger patties in 2011. He was trying to separate the two frozen patties <laughs> with a knife, ended up gashing his hand, immediately leading into surgery to repair nerve damage. Then in 2012, he came home for a game and was greeted by his four-year-old son, who ran into his arms. Unfortunately... <laughs> As he shifted his weight to catch his son, his knee popped and sprained his MCL. But wait, there's more. In 2015, he was playing with his kids at a lake and slip-stepping on an inflatable platform in the lake, which um, screwed up his left knee. Um,
1: That guy's like that guy's a real-life (laughs) version of Mr. Bean. (laughs) He,
0: He saved his dog's life in September 2018. He was choking on some food. And he helped him. The dog was pretty much dead. He... (laughs) He... he, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He... His dog was pretty much dead. And he, quote, he went limp in my arms, took my hand, and shoved it down as hard as I could. And I ripped the food out of his throat. Blood went everywhere. But wait, there's more. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because that didn't work. He came to... He coughed up, I took a mouthful of fluid, then he shot up. He blinked at me, then died on me. Jesus. What did he do? He thought that he tossed his dog in the truck and the dog and the dog got revived.
1: Oh my god.
0: They revived the dog. All right. So he died, the dog died two times.
1: And then was re- oh my god. Yeah. All
0: right. Blakes now moves a decorative sta- stand in his bathroom breaks his toe oh my uh, god Suspitus i forgot about has, that yeah you want has an encounter with a wild boar yes fractures his ankle what yes
1: the they tried to void his contract because of that i remember that
0: madison bumgarner runs a dirt bike crashes it sprains his shoulder
1: tried to void that one yep
0: okay freak injuries all done all right um i think that's it i think i gotta end the episode here all right That's off
1: the rails. That was off the rails. Yes, we did our segment.
0: All
1: right. See ya.